0: That's N-O-O-M to sign up for your trial today.
1: What's good, y'all? Welcome to In the Deep, a deep league-focused fantasy baseball podcast, part of the Pitcher List Podcast Network. My name is Jordan White, and I'm joined here once again by my good friend and co-host, christopher schwebzy weber schwebzy how we doing this week buddy hi friends
2: in general doing good uh at this exact moment less good because we are we're doing this podcast uh with our video chat on as we always do and as i mentioned last week jordan suffered some pretty rough uh third degree gravy burns from his vegan biscuit accident but you know what i you know i i I, I love Jordan. I, I would never, I would never shy away from his new grotesque form. I, I wouldn't do that to him. I'll call it grotesque to his face, but I would, I would never
1: shy away from it. He can't even look into his webcam at me right now. He's an absolute coward, you know, people.
2: It's like it's like Two Face, except if the bad part was the whole part.
1: That's really rude. <laughs> That's really rude. Why am I, Why do I do this? Why am I even here right now? Jordan is as handsome I take, as I take, ever. I and... take one week off. I get treated. I, 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 get, I get slandered upon. I get treated like garbage. Like that? Like you
2: slandered that gravy on your own face? No, it's slather. Actually,
1: it's, uh, same, same thing, same difference. Uh, uh, shout out to Schwebzi though for actually taking the. Uh, Taking the responsibility of covering the episode by himself last week, I appreciate it. Some personal stuff come up. Uh, but we're back and ready to rock again this week. Uh Schwebzy, Would you like to kick it off with your first deep dive here?: Before we do that, why don't we do
2: our socials?
1: See, I'm already so out of practice.: It's been a week and it's been a week, and you forget how to do everything. Yeah, really. Really, really dragging here. Uh, yeah. So, if you want to follow us on our social media, feel free to catch us at in the deep pl on Twitter. You can also follow us individually on Twitter myself at bunt singles and then shwebzy at shwebzy That's s h w e b s i. Also, most if not all weeks, we are going to be doing the prep for the podcast live on Twitch. You can catch us on shwebzy's Twitch channel that's going to be twitch.tv backslash Schwebzy. Feel free to join us there, ask us questions in chat, or just generally distract us and. Uh, have us procrastinate until what What time is it right now on the east coast as we're recording 135 this? oh baby that's in the morning not in the afternoon by the way so uh yeah usually around like eight or nine p.m eastern time we'll be live on twitch most fridays uh streaming the prep for the podcast so join us there for sure uh all right Schwibzy, now that we have that taken care of let's get to your first deep dive uh one that i told you while we were prepping this is someone that i had my eye on during draft season like specifically TGFBI like rounds 28 29 30 and I ended up taking some dart throws that didn't pan out and I'm kind of sad about it now because I don't have a share of him well the good news is he's available in a lot of leagues that's true he He won't be for long
2: you gotta you gotta jump now gotta gotta add him now if you still can
1: much like Tonto Uh, we must jump on it
2: uh, uh. Uh, for uh, those of you who uh, don't get that reference it's it's the the fresh prince like hip dance thing but uh yeah we're talking about I wouldn't jack swinski I, I, this I wouldn't week say it's
1: very hip at all i'd say it's pretty old actually it's, it's no the body part not
2: not the state of being yes uh, mine,
1: mine also hurt
2: <laughs> yeah i'm 35 my my hips hurt especially if i try to do that dance uh all right we're talking about jack Sewinsky. <laughs> This is my second consecutive week talking about a Pirates outfielder, and no, I did not expect to be talking about Pirates as nearly as much as I am this year. Uh, it feels like every year there's one or two teams that supply a ton of in the deep fodder, and it's starting to look like the Pirates might be one of those teams this year. Like there are at least a half a dozen Pittsburgh Pirates who are sub twenty percent that I'm at least a little bit interested in, and there are a few more that are recent graduates, such as last I wrote last year's, last week's deep dive target, Andrew McCutcheon, who is up to like 39 or 40% now, which makes me really happy. Uh, I expect this week's subject, uh, Jack Sawinski to pretty quickly follow Kutch into the over 20% territory. So I've got to talk about him while I still can. And you know, it's, it's not a given that just like, every bad team is going to have targets for us because I like looking at like the Kansas city Royals, there is just no one interesting there. Like it's like the pirates are, are, are we're expected to be pretty bad this year, but they're like, what is it? Like 13 and seven right now. Something they are, something they are,
1: silly. They are second in the NL central right now. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's very funny to me to see what the NL central looks like with the Cubs being over 500, the pirates being in second, the Brewers being in first and then all the way back and forth the cardinals who a lot of people considered the favorites in the division below 500 and kind of struggling cuz they're starting pitching is terrible but we'll get to that I, later like, too but
2: i thought the cardinals were going to have like the best offense in baseball and even their offense has been
1: scuffling a lot lately yeah i, I mean but, like that's going to that's going to regul or er, re- regulate not regulate uh normalize is the word i'm trying to find oh my god uh over the course of the season they're going to they're going to find their stride but at the same time it's yeah they've been very underwhelming so far
2: it's April 22nd. There is a lot of normalization and regression still mm-hmm, to come mm-hmm. this year. But yeah, we're still talking small sample sizes. So we, we still got a lot of like really wacky numbers to talk about, which, which, which is fun. Uh, and this is going to be the easiest deep dive ever, because I, in this deep dive, I will simply tell you to go look at Jack Sawinski's like baseball savant page or pitcher list profile and then just go pick him up. That's it. That's the whole deep dive. Just look at all the red and and the the for the rest of this ten minutes. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wait for you guys to pick them up, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything. I'll just I'll just you know bask in in the all the home runs that you guys are about to add to your team when you add Jake Sawinski.
1: Jack, not Jake Sewinsky, you silly boy. Also, I can't believe nah, you, I, I can't believe you literally just like go ahead. I'll waited my our, our <laughs> listeners here. This is this is this is incredible energy, and I appreciate it. I'm not going to just just add him, I'm not going to tell you why. Just do it. Just do it. No, Uh,
2: honestly, I kind of hate when a profile looks like Jack Sawinski's profile looks because there's not a whole lot to pick and choose and dig and find reasons to like him because there's all of the reasons to like what he's done so far this year. If I was going to nitpick and and find a negative, there is one obvious black mark on his profile, actually a blue mark but uh, it, it's, it's his whiffs. Sewinsky is actually whiffing at a higher rate than he was last year when he struck out a lot, and that's largely being fueled by a pretty abysmal zone contact rate. And I, I think that pretty abysmal doesn't even do justice to how bad it is. 272 batters this year have had at least 40 plate appearances, and Jack Sewinsky ranks 264th among them in zone contact rate. So, like my co-host, Jordan, that there's a big but. You know to uh, stay caked if, up. If, <laughs> <laughs> if anyone starts talking about how good Suwinski has been this year and you want to poo-poo them, bring up how he's among the worst in the league at making contact with the baseball, which is, you know, a pretty important thing. The good news for Sawinski is that while it's not necessarily a good thing, it's also not a death sentence. Right now, some of the worst zone contact rates in baseball belong to... You know, just some guys like Aaron Judge and Matt Olson, And last year, some of the names near the bottom of this same list were, again, Matt Olsen and some other names like Raphael Devers, Kyle Schwarber. You know, so, some pretty good hitters. The point being, it's not ideal, but it's also not the end of the world. Sawinski is also 8% below where he was last year in the same metric, so it's likely we'll see some positive regression here. Now, one of the reasons this isn't the end of the world is because Sawinski has decided to simply stop chasing bad pitches. He was pretty good at laying off bad pitches last year, but he's jumped from an above average 24.5% chase rate to an absolutely elite 14% chase rate. The, some of the ways a batter can mitigate a poor zone contact rate is not chasing, and getting himself into, you know, uh, getting a lot more of those pitches in the zone to hit, kind of like Kelnick is doing right now. But uh, And the other way is to just make the most of the times that you do make contact with the ball, or as I like to call it, the J.D. Davis method. Well, Sawinski is absolutely making the most of his opportunities as much as anyone in baseball this year. He's got an ex-Wobicon of 6.56 which is frankly a silly number. You usually don't see numbers that start with a six there. For the uninitiated, ex-wobicon is a great, quick and dirty measure of a batter's quality of contact, whereas normal Wobicon is just measuring the results of their contact that like actually happened. Wobicon is descriptive of what actually happened, while ex-wobicon is more like if these batted ball results happened in a vacuum. I mentioned that Jack Swinski's ex-Wobicon so far this year is 656. Last year, Aaron Judge's was 611. So yeah, pr- better than Aaron Judge last year is pretty good. In general, Suwinski's X stats are incredible, but I don't want to harp on them too much because it's really just a lot of different numbers to describe that he's currently walking a lot and he's currently hitting the absolute heck out of the baseball when he makes contact with it. It's not the whole picture, but you know the, it, is very just, it, it very much describes those two things. As far as playing time, which we always like to talk about here because it's very important, I was really briefly intrigued by Sawinski during the offseason when I heard he was going to be the starting center fielder for the Pirates. But once the season started, he wound up sitting pretty much every other day amidst Brian Reynolds and Ji Huan Bei's really hot starts. Now, this appears to be changing as Sawinski has now started 5 out of 6 games, including one against a fellow lefty, while Bay, who I've previously expressed a general indifference towards, has sat in 3 out of 6. At this moment, it looks like the center field job is Sawinski's to lose, and he has done everything in his power, his considerable power, not to lose it. This is actually the second deep dive I've done on Sewinski as I talked about him after a power tear he went on last year around June. But last year he came back down to earth and showed himself to be a bit of a streaky power bat a la Patrick Wisdom. That's likely what this is. I mean, it's definitely what this is. This is a hot streak, but it's his hottest hot streak yet. But it's worth remembering that Sewinsky, while he wasn't the youngest prospect when he debuted last year, he had never played in triple a when he reached the majors last year and he put up a a league average batting line without ever having sniffed triple a before reaching the majors he's young he's still learning but he's prone to these really really juicy hot streaks and i'm currently looking to add him anywhere that i can with five
1: outfielders i should have been doing this the whole time and i'm going to check right now actively while we're recording if he is available in my TGFBI league, because I have a feeling that he is, I hope. <laughs> He's available in mine. I'll, and uh, What's what's the roster? At, at, at the risk of. He is available. It's in low. Mine. It's like. It's 10% roster. Yeah, it's ship. like.
2: So, at, at the risk of shooting myself in the foot, I will be putting a pretty sizable bid on him in TGFBI. Heck yeah. All right. I, hopefully, no one in TGFBI listens to this, although I know some do.
1: There's at least. Uh,
2: hopefully, no one in my league.
1: We know at least one person who listens to it twice. Let's put it that way. Religiously. As, as we found out earlier tonight. But uh, I, will, I will say, okay, there's something that I wanted to circle back on real quick. Sure. And you brought up, it's a, it's a, you, you, what, what you did, I think, is you snuck just a t- the tiniest bit of crow into your diet while talking about that. Because you brought oh. up Jared Kelnick. Yeah, because uh, the the things that
2: are leading to Sawinski's great production so far this year are the same things that Kelnick has done to improve so greatly in his, uh, I I guess, re-breakout? I don't know. Uh, Because Kelnick still isn't great at hitting breaking pitches. Stop wiggling your eyebrows at me. (laughs) Kelnick still isn't good at hitting... (laughs) Kelnick still isn't good at hitting breaking pitches... But he's laying off them, which is putting him in hitter's count and letting him take advantage of his absolutely pulverizing pitches in the zone this year. Um, now, I would like to say I like what Sawinski is doing more than I like what Kelnick is doing, <laughs> because so- Sawinski is destroying breaking pitches this year, whereas Kelnick cannot hit breaking pitches.
1: But can Jack Sawinski hit a fastball down the middle?
2: <laughs> he should. He sure can. <laughs> Just probably not 495 feet or whatever Kelnick did. It was like 483 or something it like that. It was so
1: far. It was incredibly far. That was like one of those things where I think he saw your face on the baseball as it was coming in. We can only hope.
2: <laughs> if If Jared Kelnick has no haters, it's because
1: I am no more. I love this. All right. Now that you're done with your first deep dive, we're going to take a quick ad break and I'll be right back with my first deep dive. Or sorry, my only deep dive.
0: (laughs) When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: All right, we're back. And I have forgotten already after like two weeks of doing this, what the format of our show is. You, you said my first deep dive and I was like, wait, what? I don't have another one. I don't have anything left in the tank. Surprise, I've done four. Get wrecked. Um, <laughs> you look like garbage now. No, I, I have done one deep dive. No. It's, it's really not that deep of a dive, if I'm being completely honest. Um, but it's someone that I think is going to be a really valuable streamer uh, in the next couple of weeks, and also maybe just a solid piece moving forward for your pitching staffs. And that's Tyler Wells. So he just got done pitching tonight, seven shutout innings against the Tigers, and he's brought his season line down to an ERA of 2.7 and a very nice whip of .69. So the strikeouts for Tyler Wells haven't come in bunches, and they likely won't. He's probably going to be like a six to seven strikeouts per nine type of guy. But the thing that makes Tyler Wells so dang appealing is that he really hasn't walked any batters this year, nor has he had a penchant for doing so in the past. You don't have to worry about a ton of regression in that regard either. As long as he isn't getting babbipped to death, his whip is going to be really, really solid and won't drag your team down in Roto Leagues in that regard. So that's kind of why I like it. I feel like there's a lot of guys that you're getting off the waiver wire as far as like pitching streamers that are huge. A lot of them are usually huge risks in terms of like your whip and your ratio stats like that. I don't think you have to worry about that as much with Tyler Wells. So it's early on in the season, obviously, but the changes that Wells has made so far in terms of his pitch usage have me encouraged with this start and that he can maybe keep it going. So he switched from throwing a sweeper in 2022 to a true slider this year, which is kind of the opposite of what a lot of people have been doing, uh, and has leaned into his breaking pitches more than he ever has since his Major League debut. So far, he's increased his curveball usage over 50% since last year, and the slider is being thrown nearly three times as much as the sweeper was last year. So it's encouraging to see that. If you look at his full arsenal, it gives him five pitches that he's utilizing at least 12% of the time. And I know this... May- maybe, like, a terrible comp, but it almost feels like he's a baby Kyle Gibson. One, it's a terrible comp because of the fact that Kyle Gibson is about, I don't know, probably, like, eight inches shorter than Tyler Wells because Tyler Wells is, like, 6'8". But also, Kyle Gibson started throwing a sweeper this year, and it's an excellent, excellent pitch. But I think the thing that they have in common is that no one pitch is necessarily, like, super crazy incredible it's just some of the parts that makes everything work um i will say there's some cold water that i should throw on wells here remember the Babip luck that i mentioned earlier that he needs to avoid well he's been incredibly fortunate so far this year he's running at an absolutely meager 174 Babip right now It feels like there's going to be a humbling experience somewhere near on the horizon here. But for now, I think it's really good to enjoy the good fortune while it lasts and keep riding it. Um, The upcoming schedule actually is pretty good. He has Boston at home. He plays the Royals in Kansas City. And then he's got to start in Atlanta against the Braves. And then a start at home versus Pittsburgh. I would be pretty comfortable starting him. In the Boston, Kansas City, and Pittsburgh games, obviously Atlanta's an iffy one, but uh, that's three out of the next four starts that I think are either neutral or favorable. Um, I think this is the type of guy, like, with that improved Orioles offense, he could get you one or two wins over the next couple of weeks and put up decent ratios for you, so this is kind of why I'm in on Tyler Wells, at least at the bare minimum as a streamer over the next couple of weeks. I, I like Wells. I, I'm, I, we, I, I'm pretty sure I did a deep dive on him at some point
2: last year, and he has improved his repertoire since then, so I'm, I'm yeah. definitely a fan. I like what the Orioles are doing in general lately with their entire team, which includes their pitching development. But I do want to mention one thing. Or actually a- ask you a few things. Oh, boy. Where do, you, where do you think the Red Sox rank in runs per game right now?
1: High. Very high. I would say and that you're they're... Com- and you're com- I, I, I would they, say they're, they're currently fourth. Fourth in runs per game? Yeah, that's...
2: Fourth in runs per game. So I, they're a team that I have run streamers out against recently, thinking that they're a weak offense, and I, I don't think I have generally enjoyed that experience. They're putting up a lot more runs than I realized. And actually, more, more than I even realized, literally until just now, when I just looked. And the Pirates, as, I, as we mentioned earlier, are, like, scorching hot. Like True. they they have like six guys in their lineup right now who are pr- producing at like an eighty ninety percent expected r- rate. Um, the Pirates are what one two like like seventh in runs per game right now. So I don't hate the streams. Like I I think I think I would like them more in like June when everything like starts normalizing, like sure. we talked about earlier. So, but I, I I I think it's it's one of those fantasy lessons that we all we you know is is good for everybody to to heed you know don't just blindly see and i'm I'm not accusing you of doing this but uh don't just see pittsburgh and go that's a bad offense you know
1: so i will we, yeah, we say have- the the thing that i like specifically about those two starts uh between boston and pittsburgh is that they are in camden yards and those yes. are more forgiving, and, friendly confines for pitchers than it would be like if it, those were both... I mean, I, I, obviously PNC is not necessarily a great hitter's park either, per se, but pitching in Camden Yards is infinitely better than pitching in Fenway in terms of like favorability for hitters.
2: Yeah, I just know if I, if I saw a pitcher with Boston, Pittsburgh, and Kansas City on their schedule right now, I'd be like, yes, yes, stream it, 100%. But I like those. Are, those are actually some pretty good offenses so far.
1: Yeah, they've been solid. Uh, like,
2: like I am stunned in in the top ten in offenses right now. The Rangers are up there. The Cubs are up there. The Red Sox, the Orioles, the Pirates. Yeah, the Orioles. Like are great. it's. I would. I would never that I would never have guessed that in a million years like a month ago.
1: Well, I think about so just off the top of my head, I knew the Orioles were great. I knew that the Cubs were really good cuz literally it feels like they have like five or six people that are hitting over 300 right now. And that's like not an exaggeration. Yeah,
2: the, the um the Orioles you said? No, the Cubs.
1: Have that many. Oh, people. the
2: Cubs. Yeah, got I I think like the Cubs are in a similar spot as the Orioles in that a lot of their prominent hitters are running like stupid high BABIPs right now. That's you know that's gonna even out and fall off eventually. But yeah, they're they're playing out of their minds right now. Usually, you see the offense tick up as the as as it gets hotter in Chicago. But they have started off the year scorching. They're blowing the doors off the Dodgers, which I never again something I never would have guessed a month ago.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, is there anything else? Tyler Wells related. What you would like to cover or like maybe touch on? Do you have any? More? Actually, I was going to say it sounded like you had more questions potentially. Do you have any more questions about Tyler Wells for me?
2: I just think it's ironic that you chose not to go super deep on someone named Wells.
1: Touche. I like that. That's very good. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about we go to our league wide roundup then? Uh, let's do let's do a couple divisions then we can take an ad break after that. I feel like we've not left enough wiggle room in there. So let's let's start with the NL East here, uh, starting with Atlanta. Uh, anything on on Atlanta? I know you wrote this one up.
2: Other than I'm perpetually mad at them. No, not really. Uh, it's still. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a hater. Leave me alone. Uh, Sam Hilliard is still there and starting regularly, just not against lefties. And I, I mentioned this last week. Sam Hilliard, in any given game, could get you a combo meal. Could strike out four times. If you want to pursue a, what, what could potentially be a very high upside play, you know, you can run Hilliard out there for uh, as long as Michael Harris is injured. I, you know, I I love I love Hilliard.
1: I'm I'm a noted Sam Hilliard stand. Leave me alone, man. Walking around bar, knocking knocking drinks out of people's hands says. let me be a hater in peace (laughs) I love it uh all right what about Miami uh Garrett Cooper and Jorge Soler both kind of surprising to me that they're below uh 20% roster ship still
2: I, I feel like I can go to every outline for the next like 25 episodes or whatever and just pencil in Garrett Cooper because he'll never creep over 20% even though he's, you know, constantly a good hitter when he's healthy.
1: He'd be right between like 14 and 19% for in
2: perpetuity. He could be hitting, he like, it, it could be August and he'll have like a 285 average with 20 home runs and people still won't pick him up and I, I,
1: I just won't understand it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the counting stats aren't great right now. Honestly, uh, but the average is really good. He's hitting over 300 right now, I believe. And he's hitting in the two or three hole every single day. So that's like just value. Honestly, at some point, the counting yeah, sets, the uh, counting sets are going to come. Uh It's just a matter of when, Um, but yeah. And um, then Jorge Soler yeah. is
2: just continuing to just absolutely brutalize fastball. I, do, I don't His. understand
1: why he's still under 20% rostered. I really don't. Like he's got five home yeah, runs already. I mean,
2: I, I literally, I have one question with him and it's how, how much he's crushing fastballs. I, it, this was a couple weeks ago. Now I did the deep dive on him Yeah. and I, I have
1: no questions. I, I have no further
2: questions. I'm adding Jorge Soler if I can.
1: No further questions, your honor. I risk my case. Uh, and then you also put Braxton Garrett down here. And I just wanted to be known that it was not me that put Braxton Garrett down in the notes. It was Schwebzy. So I take this as a personal sure. victory and a, a very clear sign that I, I have won. And that's that's it. That's that.
2: That that was simply streamlining the process. I knew
1: you would put him there, so I just beat you to it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whatever <laughs> you say, bud. Uh, let's move to the New York Mets. Uh, Shmuzi. Wait. Oh, you don't actually want. You don't actually want to say anything about Garrett. I mean, he's going to get more run now with because uh, uh, Trevor Rogers has the biceps injury. Correct. He
2: does. Yeah. He, so he seems. That's at least 15 days.
1: Yeah, I mean, Braxton Garrett will very likely get some more run, which is good. Uh, he looked pretty good in his last start. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I've said everything that, I've, that I like about him already. I don't want to reiterate stuff too much, but I'm glad that he's getting the opportunity for some extended run. And I think it's, it shows how valuable, not just in like fantasy baseball, but real-life baseball it is to have like a bunch of really good starting pitching depth. In your organization, because we've seen plenty of folks, uh, kind of like the, uh, the, wait, who is this next team that we're talking about? The the the, the Nims? You know, go away, go away. Uh, I, I'm not done with Garrett
2: yet. He's a lefty, right? He is a lefty, yes. All right, so Garrett's next to start. Th- this is one of those awkward guys that we, we, like, we'll, we'll, we're going to talk about him, and our episode is going to release, and he's going to start later that day. So we can't really encourage you to pick him up for that start because it's going to be too late. But he will be starting against Braxton Garrett the day the day that this episode released. Sorry, he's going to be going against the Cleveland <laughs> Guardians. <laughs> he's going to be, <laughs> be pitching against Garrett. Will be. He's going to be pitching against the lineup of nine Braxton Garrets. No, uh, the Cleveland Guardians on Saturday, which is a lineup that is good but not uh, uh, not so good that I would be scared to start Garrett. But his next start, which is on what is this Wednesday, is against the Atlanta Braves, and I would never start any but any but the best lefties against the Atlanta Braves. So I I like Garrett, and I it hurts to say that, but I I would not be uh I would not be adding him for that start.
1: Yeah, if I'm being honest, I'm leaving him on the bench for that one too. I'm not taking the chance. Um, but yeah I still like him a lot I think the strikeout upside's there Um, the ground ball upside is also still there with him I just worry about the walks and the Babbitt pluck which has been biting him so far this year in his rough starts Um, but yeah I'm not going to chance it against Atlanta Um, Schwabzee let's move to the Mets your beautiful 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 Mets Speaking of lefties,
2: I wouldn't start against the Atlanta Braves. Joey Lucchese came back today, and oh my God, he pitched seven innings, at, struck out nine, and allowed no runs today against the San Francisco Giants, who are a team that I would be generally nervous to start questionable lefties against. Because they're, yes. you know, they, they, they work their platoons, they have a lot of lefty killers in that lineup with Wilbur Flores, J.D. Davis, Darren Ruff, etc., but Lucchese, in his first start in what, a year and a half, two years, just came out firing, and the curve was working. the The, the is a, a a change up curve kind of hybrid pitch, which is pretty unique to Lucchese. Uh, on Baseball Savant, it's marked as a curveball, I believe. Uh, but yeah, Lucchese looked great. Will I be adding him? I think he's a matchup guy. He his next start is against Washington. Yes, I would, I will start him against Washington. But you know, after that, I, I, you know, I, I might drop him at any point. It's going to be a start by start basis for him.
1: So I'm just looking at something real quick. Um, gosh, I'm so sorry that I'm doing this search while uh, we are in the middle of the podcast. But if I go to Baseball Savant and do a search and take a peek at strikeout rates. Against left-handed pitching, this year, which team do you think ranks the highest in the league for striker? like who strikes out the most, the like, most against left-handed against pitching? Against lefties,
2: yes. Ooh, I don't know. Um, I'd say like I don't know, like the Cincinnati Reds or something.
1: Reds are seventh, actually. It's the Milwaukee Brewers. Okay. R.I.P. But huh. also uh, in fifth, San Francisco Giants. That's they, surprising. They swing and miss a ton against lefties. So it doesn't surprise me a ton that Luke Casey had the game that he had. Uh, they can be exploited by lefties a decent amount, which is something to keep in mind. I do this a lot. I very often when I'm lo- looking for this, is a little, little insider baseball for you, a little insider fantasy baseball. I like to look at um teams as a whole, their strikeout rates versus like pitcher handedness and things like that. And use that maybe as a sh- small guide to maybe target streamers from week to week. Uh, so that's something that I like to do. Um, that, actually, you know what? Maybe that's something that we could. Man, I just sorry. I just thought of a tweet. Like maybe we could tweet out uh, a link with um, that specific Savant search. so That way people can kind of see that yeah, and use you, it as, you wanna, a, as a tool.
2: You want to do that right now or should we keep on
1: going with the episode? Right now. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that right, right now. Um, we'll be back in five, guys. Okay. See you in a second. And and we're back. Uh, no, no. but I oh got. I forgot where I was. Shit. No. Nah.
2: Talk, talking about lucchese specifically. Yeah. Like today, he had what is a pretty great thirty three percent CSW, but that was buoyed heavily by nineteen called strikes on his sinker. Yeah, which I'm sure I, I I believe that if Nicholas Peter Pollock sees that, his head will spin around like the Exorcist child. Um. So yeah, it, I don't think that's a sustainable thing.
1: Is this is that the sequel is that the son of Exorcist, the Bride of Exorcist. <laughs> it, it's it's after it's after
2: Exorcist and Bride of Exorcist. Oh, that's when you get the Exorcist Child.
1: Oh, I love this.
2: <laughs>
1: I missed you. I missed you. <laughs> I missed you too. <laughs> All right, let's move to the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, you you wrote up uh, Edmundo Soso. Here.
2: Yeah, uh, Sosa's back from his injury. I had mentioned right before his injury that I was only interested in him if he was getting a lot of playing time. And now that he's back, he was immediately reinserted into the starting lineup. And this is now the fifth time in his last six healthy games that he has started at third base and seven out of nine games. If I needed a corner infielder, this is definitely a dude that I would be looking at. He's super toolsy. It's a great ballpark, great lineup, lots of potential here. I would not add him in an OBP league though. That is not a strength of his.
1: Not wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, I dig that. Um, I feel like that lineup's about to turn a corner too, man. Like it feels. Yeah, like it's it, gonna happen. It feels. It's, it feels like. A I feel like folks, it's gonna be a
2: repeat of last year.
1: Yeah, it feels like a few folks are hitting their stride too. Like obviously we've had Bryson Stott who had like a super long hit streak um sosa's now back from injury if uh, trey turner just hit his first home run like stuff is going to start clicking for that offense and they're going to become kind of dangerous even if the strikeout rates still remain kind of high um speaking of high strikeout rates did anyone else see matt strom coming
2: not at all like i i just i just realized like two days ago what he's been doing he's
1: been awesome man like his fastball and his curveball are putting up great results the rest of, his, rest of his repertoire is just kind of there, but it's not really doing any harm. Um, his curveball is firm. It's like 83-ish miles per hour compared to like what his like fastball is, which is like 93, 94. And it's getting above-average horizontal break for the very first time in his career, which kind of tells me that there's likely some sort of change, whether it's a grip or something like that. Um where it's changed the movement profile um it stays really really tight from a north to s- north south standpoint and it feels almost like like it's it's classified as a curveball but it feels almost more like like it looks like a sweeper but, so would that be like a swerve <laughs> would that be would that be the name for that pitch like I'm trying to make swerve happen I'm, I'm trying to make swerve happen it it really is like i mean it's, it's it's a very interesting move in profile for a curveball is all I'm really saying. Um, so I think that's what's driving it. Mostly the fastball has been fantastic, even though his fastball has given up like a 70% hard hit rate or something like that. Like that's something not, not ab- what you want. Absolutely absurd. But yet it still has like a negative three run value by Savant. Um, crazy. I don't know. There's a lot going on here. But Matt Strom putting up like a 13.5k per nine rate at the moment. Just looking really, really, really good. So a very nice surprise, um, in Philly. All right, let's. Yeah, go. I give their, I get,
2: I give their pitching development a lot of guff. Be, yeah, be, because they're an NL East rival, and I don't of like. Of course, them. yeah. But. but they they've done a some they they've done some really interesting things over the past couple of years. Absolutely.
1: All right. Uh. Okay. Let's wrap up the NL East here with Washington. Uh. Jamer Candelario. He hits in the heart of the order for the Washington lineup every day, and the average has ticked back up to around like 260 ish after a questionable start to the year. Only 5% rostered for a guy who is literally hitting like third almost every single day is kind of absurd. Um, seems like really, really good value. If you're lacking in the a- batting average department, I feel like he's a great pickup. Um, Stone Garrett. I think he could be a- Oh, sorry. I think
2: Heimer could be a really solid
1: compiler. Like, Cronenworth-esque. Oh, so now you like compilers. I I see how it is. Go away. Go, okay. go, go away. Okay, go away. I'm going to talk about Stone Garrett. We'll talk about this later. Uh, <laughs> Stone Garrett had hit safely in every game he played up until today. We're, we're recording this, I guess yesterday now, because it's like 2 a.m. Um, I don't know if the sample is large enough for me to buy in, really. Uh, particularly when he's hitting in the bottom third of the order most days. Um, Luis Garcia, also another person on this team that I'm not particularly interested in, um, even though the past week he had he had hit two home runs. Um, kind of the same deal there. Um, and then Josiah Gray, dude, just keep leaning into the breakers; they're so good. I th- that's it.
0: That that's the Josiah Gray is someone I I'm I'm
2: I'm adding Gray I'm adding Gray everywhere I can because if he he seems to have figured out that his fastball stinks. And that was the key for him. It was either making the fastball not stink or just simply use it less.
1: Exactly. Um, All right, Schwebs, we're going to take another quick ad break here and we'll come back with the NL Central, the NL East, or sorry, the NL West, and then the AL. All right, we're back. So, Schwebs, NL Central, starting with the Cubs, you wanted to talk about Jan Gomes, someone who is like your favorite. I feel like the, the catcher I hear you talk the most about aside from like. Christian Bethancourt.
2: yeah I I wouldn't call him my favorite but he's so underrated like as a a second catcher in two catcher leagues uh that's I mean that's really what it is there are a lot of good deep league catcher targets right now I feel like but I just continue to like Jan Gomes as a second catcher that no one else really cares about he'll get you some power he'll ruin your perfect game every now and then like he did today to drew smiley who is the other guy i wanted to talk about i talked about drew smiley a lot last year he was a streamer in the second half of the season and a streamer that would actually pile up some strikeouts for you which was a rarity for streamers and today what was he took a perfect game into the seventh inning i think it was was it was it the eighth inning i I don't know but there was a there was
1: 7.2 innings i think
2: yeah, and then there was a dribbler where Jan Gomes basically tried to hurdle him and it it didn't go well. Ugh. But Smiley looked fantastic. Uh I've liked him before. Uh he's been a little bit underwhelming to start the season. But, you know, it was like what two starts before today. I I'm I'm back in. I'm very much back in. I I have been a Smiley guy for a, a bit now. And then uh there's the closer situation. Uh I'm sorry to report Jordan that Michael Fulmer does not seem to have that dog in him. So we need to find a closer for the Chicago Cubs. I don't know who it's going to be. Ooh, I love that. <laughs>
1: well, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you would just keep going, but we'll just leave that in now.
2: No, I, I, I love, I love loud noises in the it, middle. It of what
1: uh, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do this right now. Sorry. This isn't an, this is not hashtag. Not an ad uh, polar Seltzer. If you want to sponsor the in the deep podcast, I lo- I lo- I love your drinks. Continue. Do you have a
2: favorite for the Cubs closer
1: role because uh, their bullpen is kind of a mess. Short answer? No. Long answer? <laughs> also no.
2: <laughs> I I think the best reliever Boxberger? might be Brandon No, I I think Hughes might be the best reliever but he's a lefty. Mhm. So Mark Leiter has actually been like incredible this year, Mm -hmm. but he's also a a reverse split guy. So, and he's also never been this good before. So I mean, reliever volatility says maybe this year he will be this good, but I I don't know. I think Boxberger is the safe short-term bet, but long-term use is probably my guy there. The guy that I, I, I hope takes the role and runs with it over the course of the season. I have waiver claims out there right now for Boxberger because Saves are stupid. But, but I don't like it.
1: I'm simply waiting for Liam Hendricks to come back. I have Liam Hen- yeah, I've, I've got him stashed in a couple leagues. I, too. I have Liam Hendricks stashed in 3 leagues. And I can't wait to nice. it's it's so nice. I love it so much. Um All right, let's move to the, this is, uh, God, I can't talk. The Cincinnati Reds. There we go. We made it. Um Schwebzi, this was mostly you. And- what are your opinions? The, the Reds
2: just kind—they of, just kind of make me sad. Like Spencer Steer is hitting third now, and my stance on that is good for him. Uh, T.J. Friedel is just so incredibly uninspiring. He's generally hitting in pretty good spots in the order, but he's just—he just doesn't have a standout skill at the plate. I—I I don't think there's anything exciting here. I still roster him nowhere and don't really plan to unless something really bad happens to one of my teams uh jake fraley is is one of only a couple of guys on this roster that i i actually care about having on my teams he's still hitting in the middle of the order every day and he's actually played started their last game against the lefty and unlike guys like steer and friedel he actually has some tangible skills so i'm yeah uh, fraley is the one sub 20 percent guy on this team that i actually would want to go out and get
1: Heck yeah. Alright. Can I uh can I give my eulogy now?
2: I'll give you I'll give you a moment of silence.
0: A rarity for me. Oh, are we doing it now? Thank you. Jordan, am I supposed to be silent
1: now? Oh, okay. Sorry. I will end you. Anyways, uh so moment of silence there for Garrett Mitchell, who is very likely done for the season with a shoulder injury. He had a subluxation um after a slide into third base i believe uh in this case my thoughts are who to spec on when it comes to the brewers i think joey weimer's stock goes up he's likely the everyday center fielder while the bat hasn't necessarily come alive like people wanted wanted it to including myself he has been hitting the ball decently hard he also has been showing incredible just plate discipline and an eye at the plate, which is really, really encouraging. I think there's a lot there that isn't shown by the stat line. So I do like Joey Wimmer a lot still. Sal Relic has been underwhelming in A and likely isn't going to be coming up anytime soon. Uh, they recalled Blake Perkins in a corresponding move once uh, Garrett eventually got moved to the IL. Uh, Perkins has been walking at a solid clip in AAA so far, and he'll get occasional reps, but he's not really a consideration in terms of fantasy, I don't think. Uh, Also, Woodruff is hurt with a shoulder injury. He's getting a second MRI on his shoulder, uh, very likely extended time away due for him. So who steps in? My, my, My very bold tech for this episode, I think, is that I'm going to pick up and start Colin Ray for a two-start week next week in TGFBI, where I'm going to get the first start, which is a very solid matchup, versus the Tigers, who are a subpar offense. But then I have to risk uh, Colin Ray getting absolutely bodied by the offense of the Angels, who are star-studded and very, very good. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to risk that. We'll find out how that goes next week on Dragon Ball Z. Um, but yeah. Phonetically his name is Colin Rhea, which
2: sounds closer to what the production he's going to give you is.
1: Butt diarrhea. Yes. I hate you so much.
2: That's that's my that's
1: my, that's my input. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> Alright. Here you go. Here's your chance to talk about your guys that you like. Go ahead. Here's the Pittsburgh Pirates, folks. Uh I'm gonna go sit down. Yes.
2: Yeah, like like the half a dozen players on the Pittsburgh Pirates that I like, or, or are just doing well. Connor Joe, I don't really know what it is about Connor Joe that makes me not want to take him seriously. Maybe it's because his prior production came for the, the Rockies, but he is demanding attention right now. Unlike Swinski, his underlying data is more good than great, but he's got some really, really good stuff going on right now, such as a 99th percentile chase rate, a 58th percent uh, a 58% hard hit rate and a 13% barrel rate, which are, those are some fantastic figures. Then there's Rodolfo Castro, who during the off season was a middle infield power upside play that I really wasn't into. Some people were, so I, I, I noticed some people way more into him than me and I, I questioned it, but I'm, I'll admit he looks way better than I expected. Like, even when the other stuff, like the batting average and whatnot, comes back down to earth, the power looks legit. Then there's Carlos Santana, who I said last week was like the the short, stocky version of Andrew McCutcheon, and but he he's just kind of like aggressively fine. He's cromulent. As long as the Pirates' lineup is firing on all cylinders, I love Santana as a corner infielder in deep leagues. I I, I like him as a corner infielder in general, but right now he's he's at, he's more good than than fine. Then there's Rowanci Contreras, who I was, I was so into Rowanci when he was first coming up as a prospect. But turns out his fastball stinks. We, we, we run into this a lot when we're talking about deep league targets. Guys with nasty sliders, bad fastballs. Well, that, that is Rowanci Contreras to a T. But, don't look now. Contreras is throwing his really filthy slider 46% of the time. That's a lot. It, he's basically flipped the usage of his fastball and slider. His fastball was his primary pitch that he threw about 45% of the time, and then he threw the slider about 35% of the time. He's just completely swapped that. And, you know, to, to great effect so far. And this was a great, great call because his fastball was absolutely being pulverized. And on top of being pulverized, he was also getting pretty unlucky on it. You know, the, the harder a pitch gets hit, the more unlucky you're probably going to be on it this bears monitoring I'm stashing this right now if I can and I would wager he's going to have some pretty dope streams before the year is out
1: love it all right uh I am gonna talk about a St. Louis Cardinals minor league pitcher something that we don't do very often on this podcast um I did mention earlier that the Cardinals starting pitching had been incredibly underwhelming so far. Uh, and Matthew Liberator, who was acquired from the Rays back, I believe it was like 2020 or something like that, is having an excellent start to 2023. His velo is up this year. Shout out to Joe Lowry of Prospects Live for pointing this out to me. And the St. Louis starting pitchers have left a ton to be desired so far this year, aside from Jack Flaherty, who's had a pretty solid year so far. Uh, Jake Woodford still has an option left. Again, thank you, Joe Lowry, for pointing this out to me while we're doing our Twitch stream. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if they give Liberatore a shot. Uh, All I know is that I'm likely going to grab Liberatore and stash him because it feels like the patience is going to run thin with that pitching staff pretty shortly here, and they will at least give it a chance with Liberatore again. I know that he had a very poor debut last year, uh, high ERA, uh, but he has added that velo. He was sitting around like 93 and a half. He's sitting around like 95-ish now, um, which is a huge difference. Uh, so that's the one person that I think I'm probably going to lean into uh, over the next few weeks and keep an eye on is Matthew Liberator of the Cardinals.
2: We're at the time of year where prospects are going to start to come up mm-hmm. because there's, you know, service time, manipulation... Uh, and we're seeing another case of that, although I don't know if this one's service time as much as a roster crunch in Arizona, where Brandon fought his his time seems to be coming soon. We were really hoping that when Madison Bumgarner got put out to pasture which I assume is the way he would have
1: wanted to go uh, yeah, exactly, like a horse exactly uh <laughs> I'm glad that you I'm glad that you saw that I was setting that up on a t for you and you. Just... <sighs> Not the
2: uh, so it, it looks like tommy henry is going to get the first crack at bumgarner's rotation spot i don't think henry is nearly as good as brandon fought so the hope is that fought's chance will come sooner than later the gm said that the the reason they chose henry over fought was pure timing henry's spot in the rotation is up fought's wasn't but we're not really sure what that means yet. Will thought be coming up in the next turn through the rotation, or will it take a little while to sync up his schedule? Not totally sure yet. But as far as players who are currently on the major league team, I talked about Alec Thomas last year. Uh, after he started the year over for 20, since then he's been slashing 282, 300, and 487. Significantly better than over for 20. That's just nine zeros in a row. We don't like that. But we're uh, we're early enough in the season that that rough start still makes him look pretty terrible on balance. I I still really like Alec Thomas. Uh, he's still got a fantastic looking profile. He's got that Max Kepler esque approach that I hate though, where he pulls his ground balls and hits his fly balls to the opposite field, which is not the, a great way to optimize your power. But He's still very toolsy, and he has wildly underperformed his peripherals so far this year, so I, I'm still very in on this and looking to acquire him cheaply if I can.
1: Take it. All right. Um, let's go to the Colorado Rockies. We only have one person to talk about here, Schwebzi. You wrote up Justin Lawrence. I know you're really in on wanting him to be the closer in Colorado.
2: Yeah. Uh like most of us, I would love for Daniel Bard to defeat his yips and continue his improbable comeback, but if he doesn't, I will be salivating at the prospect of Justin Lawrence closing games. No one can square up his slider or sweeper or whatever. Jordan, did you see his his tweet about his like sweeper slider thing? No, I did not. Oh my god, it was it was very good. But uh, I'm gonna try to find it while I uh, while I talk about him. Lawrence basically has like a, a a good enough fastball that he throws with incredible velocity from a really low arm slot, and then a slider that no one can square up. And his issue in the past has mostly been control related. I think that it, it, it looks so far this year like his control is under control, and if that's the case, I, I love him as a, a high-leverage reliever. Now, the uh, the tweet that I was talking about, the uh, MLB pitch classification bot said that uh, Justin Lawrence requested to switch his slider to a sweeper, so his, uh, his data on Savant was updated, and Justin Lawrence replied to that tweet with his own tweet saying my slider was sweeping more than sweeper throwers sweepers so I had to change the slider to a sweeper because it do be (laughs) sweeping.
1: I like I like Justin Lawrence. (laughs) Yeah same. Do it do it be sweeping though. It 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 do be sweeping. It do be sweeping though. All right uh all right let's go to I guess I I did I don't have any players that I really want to target. From this team, but are the Dodgers bad? It's early. I don't get me. I am, it's early.
2: I don't know if I'm on the record as saying this, but I know I said this in conversations with you. You did. I, can I vouch thought the for Dodgers. You on this. I I thought the Dodgers were going to be underwhelming this year. I they look. This is the first time that I haven't come into a season going that is a juggernaut. That's the first time I can remember. It's it's been years. They, they don't scare me this year. The Dodgers claim to <laughs> the Dodgers claim to fame in recent years has been like their incredible depth and their depth is being tested and it is not as incredible as it used to be. Like they needed a lot of things to go right. And some things have gone right. Like James Outman has been a revelation, but Miguel Vargas has, Vargas has been disappointing. Chris Taylor has not been uh, his old self jason hayward for it is still jason hayward disappointingly uh and yeah it's just the bottom half of their order is just not scary where this used to be like a team that ran like 13 position players deep of guys you didn't really want to face that's just not the case anymore it's very top heavy
1: not the same team that is for sure um all right let's go to the padres now what about nelson cruz bubsy
2: Really fun that he's still hitting well, but I don't care because he's just
1: not playing enough. True. Yeah. I think, I think that's mostly a personality hire for the Padres. A vibes guy. Vibes guy. Love a vibes guy. Love a good vibes guy. There was,
2: one, look, there was one point where they faced like three lefties in five games, and he started five straight games as the DH. But I think that might also be related to injuries, and since then he has only played one out of four games. Ah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, not the best. Uh... Nick Martinez. That start against Atlanta on Wednesday. Holy crap. Uh he got 7 whiffs on f- 10 swings on his fastball. The changeup looked really really good. He had 7 shutout innings and I think he still remains obviously underappreciated since we're still still able to talk about him here. Um he has two really solid starts ahead. He's got Chicago, which I mean that's still like a high average team. I worry about him getting babbipped in that one. But then the other one's against Cincinnati. Like those are Two decent matchups, all in all. Um, I think buying now is probably the time.
2: I don't think anything so far this season has made me go, wait, what? Harder than Nick Martinez blanking
1: the Braves. Yeah, that's an absurd, absurd line. Like, he only gave, like, what was it, like three hits? Something like that. I think he three hits, yep. walked two over seven innings. Just really, really, really good start, so...
0: Super encouraging. The
1: best start of his career, probably. Very likely, yes. Uh, All right, and then lastly, in the NL West, let's talk about the Giants and Alex Wood. So Alex Wood is on the 15-day IL, very likely going to be a multiple-week thing, likely longer than that, um, with a hamstring issue. I don't know if they actually call anyone up to replace him in the rotation. I think more likely they'd build a tandem like piggyback type situation with Scott Alexander, Jacob Junis, and Ross Stripling. In some combination, like some two-headed monster out of those three, um like pie in the sky would be getting Kyle Harrison in our future. That would be rad as hell. Heck. Oh god. He- Nick, don't 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 fire <laughs> me. Um no his name is Jelly. It's not uh it's not hell. Oh, yeah, you're right. If you're t- yeah.
2: Giants Giants reliever, six foot 10 guy. So, yes, yeah, so
1: the, the old silent H when you think it's probably the silent J. Yeah. 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 I fall for that one every time. Uh, but, yes, so the absence of Alex Wood, much to my chagrin, um, will very likely lead to more innings for Ross Tripling, Jacob Junis, and Scott Alexander. Um, all right, let's go to the AL. Uh, Baltimore, I don't think we actually had anything written down for Baltimore. Not really any particularly interesting names in the sub 20 category no. there
2: um their their lineup their lineup is just full of guys who are rostered in more than 20 percent of leagues and then their rotation God, it, it, it's a lot of better in real life than fantasy type pitchers like your kyle gibson's your dean kramers your uh tyler wells i am interested in kyler bradish who is back
1: oh bradish, uh, I, yeah. I would
2: be tr- yeah, I would be trying to add him before he has, you know, a, a starter to 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 show why he was such a fun sleeper pick. Uh that that is the one
1: guy that I would be adding. That's sub 20% right now. Uh, and of course, Tyler Wells who you touched on earlier. Absolutely. Uh all right, and then Boston, uh Jaren Duran. He's got uh an extra base hit in for the last 5 games that he's played. Um The plate discipline looks pretty solid he had a high walk rate and a short sample in triple a and that's been carrying over so far it's still north of 10 um i am not completely bought back in because it's only like five-ish games um but i'm at least keeping an eye on him i'm i don't think i'm quite back in yet though um and then tanner hauck ugh, like he still has a rotation spot for now but the next starts are at Baltimore, which is, again, like a decent pitcher's park. But the offense is very, very good. And then two really subpar matchups versus Toronto and then at Atlanta. I'm not interested in Tanner Houck at all right now.
2: That's a brutal stretch. Yeah, it's not good. Um, and and we, we love Houck around here.
1: Yeah. And you want it looks like you wanted to say something about Duran.
2: Uh, he, he has your curiosity, but he does not yet have your attention. Correct.
1: Yes. Uh, all right. Let's go to New York. Uh, looks like a couple of re- relievers here that you want to touch on, Schwab's.
2: Yeah, New York is a weird team. Uh, similar to some other teams we mentioned, where like, uh, all of the guys who are sub twenty percent are generally sub twenty percent for a reason. But they do. Uh, one thing about the Yankees in recent years is they have churned out re- really good relievers pretty consistently, and that has not changed. They've got two guys in their bullpen who are great for either holds in Ron Mar- Ron Marinaccio's case, or ratios in Michael King's case, and strikeouts. Uh, yeah, I that that's really that that's all there is to say here. There's these are really good relievers. If your league is, is the kind of league where you would be rostering relievers, these are guys to add might not be available in that kind of league. I know. I know uh, any any league where they're available and I need relievers, I would have already snatched them up personally.
1: Absolutely. Um all right, let's go to another team that you love to talk about, the Tampa Bay Rays.
2: Yes. Harold Ramirez, I'm taking one last opportunity to talk about him before he is over 20%. He was at 19% when we wrote this and he just hit another home run today. I love Harold Ramirez. He was he was part of my ale only team that won a ship last year and won me a good bit of money. I, I love Harold. He's near and dear to my heart and he seems to be hitting the ball in the air. Now we did a a post to was a post 300 I think, draft. I think it was a post the,
1: 350
2: post 350 draft <laughs> with the guys from on the wire and keep or cut. And I picked Harold Ramirez and I there there was a Cleveland Guardian fan involved there in Chad Young, and I was I was trolling him a little bit by saying that I don't see the difference at all between Harold Ramirez and Oscar Gonzalez, who was being drafted like 200 spots earlier. And turns out not only are they were, are they similar, but Harold's been better. So ha, Chad.
1: Heck yeah, let's go.
2: Yeah, but and then there's uh then there's, Kristen Bethencourt who is making me look really smart with all the nice things I said about him in the offseason, because during the offseason he was basically the only post-300 ADP catcher I liked. But I did not see this coming. He's he's walking. He's taking walks now. Dude, in the same offseason, the Rays figured out how to get Yandy Diaz to hit the ball in the air, Harold Ramirez to hit the ball in the air, and they've gotten Christian Bethencourt to take a walk. They, this is incredible. I, I, I'm i running out of superlatives for the Tampa Bay Rays coaching staff. But anyways, I, I love what Bethancourt is doing, and I love that I have him as my second catcher in more than one league.
1: Love it. Uh, the Rays are absurd. 17-3 and 3 to start the season is just wild.
2: They have set the record for the most games in a row to start a year with a home run.
1: Oh, yeah, I did see that. Dang. Oh, my God. <laughs> Much like, Which
2: is notable because they they have one guy in their lineup who
1: I would like call a home run hitter. Spreading the wealth, baby. They're gonna. Have, but I feel like they're just gonna have like a bunch of dudes that hit like 15 to 18 home runs, and that's gonna be their team yeah. for the year. And it's gonna be an excellent way to make a winning squad.
2: They might have seven guys hit 20 home runs and none hit 30, or
1: one, like one hit 30. That'd make me so happy. Oh, spread the wealth, baby. Uh, All right, let's go to Toronto to wrap up the AL East. I didn't have a ton on Toronto, necessarily. And I know that he hasn't been particularly inspiring so far in the minors this season, but Addison Barger, please, just give him, give him an opportunity. Kevin Biggio's just been abysmal. Like, he's hitting, like, 140-something. Like, I don't, I feel like they need to give him a chance. Right now, Nathan Lucas is... The one that they have given a shot to, the left handed bat that they chose to call up from the minors. I just really would love to see Addison Barger get a shot. That's pretty much it. Um,
2: if, if, if Cavan Vigio's last name was something else, he would, he would be
1: relegated to the minors by now. I, I remain convinced. Very likely. Um, <sighs> Toronto's so good though. That team is so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't really need the offensive help, I think is why it's not happening either. But uh, anyways, all right, let's talk about the AL Central now. Let's start with the White Sox. Uh, you want to cover... Oh, oh wait, what?
2: Sorry, I, I, I'm i interrupting you. Uh, there is one more thing I want to mention about Toronto, and that's Yusei Kikuchi, who has been... A, a complete cherry bomb to use the pitcherless parlance in that you can't really tell when he's going to have a great or a bad start but he does have both great and bad starts he shut down the yankees today i don't i don't understand this man you can't hear it but i'm throwing my hands up in confusion like yusei kikuchi is probably worth rostering in any particularly deep league but we have no idea when his good and bad starts are going to come because he's a mystery wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in a lot of strikeouts.
1: Yes. All right, so let's jump to the AL Central then. So we're going to start with the White Sox, and Schwab wrote down Jake Berger. I, I put a very small note here that said uh, Berger be bopping balls all over the place. Uh, he is the second hardest hit ball in the majors this year at
2: 118.2. Let me guess who number one is, Giancarlo Stanton. Uh,
1: Actually, I think not.
2: Is it Otani? It's it, it's only it's got to be it's gonna be one of like three
1: guys. It's gonna uh, be like Judge Stanton or Otani. Leaderboards, exit velocity, and barrels. Literally one, one, one batted ball. Matt Olson. Really? Yes. Wow. Giancarlo Stanton's number three, yeah. and then Otani is four. So you were, you were close. Uh, you were right there.
2: Unbelievable. But uh, I talked about Jake Sewinsky's. Uh, god i'm forget is it jack or jake god why why can't i remember his last name first name it's jack
1: (laughs) i tried to trick you uh continue
2: i talked about jack sowinsky's stupid ex-wobicon before and how it was like 640 something jake burgers is the highest i've ever seen at 790 that's not just really that's like a lot higher than anyone else in baseball even in this small sample size He's going to swing and miss and strike out a lot, but the power potential here is incredible. And then uh, over in Cleveland, I don't have a lot to say about these guys in the sub-20% realm, but Logan T. Allen, I, I, you have to put the T in there because the Cleveland Guardians employ multiple Logan Allens. Uh, Logan T. Allen is a prospect who will be making his first Major League start on four twenty three, which is Sunday. And it it's an intriguing ad i I don't know if I'll be doing it, but let's see it's against. Why am I not seeing who it's against? Miami, it looks like, and I would absolutely be running him out there against Miami, uh because Miami is not a particularly good offense. So yeah, dig it.
1: all right, uh, let's go to Detroit, starting with Carrie Carpenter here still carpenter is going to be a really popular ad this week still only 2% rostered which surprises me
2: yes he, he has started 10 out of 11 games and has a 146 wrc plus with a few home runs in those 11 games he's another dude with some absolutely outstanding x stats so far and he has a 97th percentile barrel rate paired with an 87th percentile expected batting average that's a pretty sweet combo we love power and batting average both and then there's a, the, the more disappointing tiger in a special Spencer Torkelson. I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now. He's a stash. Something is up with his plate discipline and approach. And I'm getting a little bit more reluctant to recommend him to you guys each week. Uh, I, I would love to see something change, but I'm, I'm not really saying it right now.
1: All right. And then we also got Eduardo Rodriguez, who had a stellar start this past week. Uh, and then Spencer, Turnbull yeah, one of his best as well. Um, between these two, do you have a preference on which one you'd rather uh, prioritize targeting? Rodriguez.
2: Yeah. Uh, better body of work in the past, more strikeout potential. But I do like both of them. Uh, there aren't a ton of sub 20 percent pitchers that I like, but these guys are are both on that list.
1: It. All right. Uh, and oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: We don't have a lot. We We don't have a lot else about the al central kansas city is like cincinnati in that they just make me sad this is a really bad baseball team it's a real bad baseball team chris bubich just went uh we we just heard that he's getting tommy john so that really that that bright spot has been snuffed uh and then in minnesota they they have plenty of good players but uh the in the sub 20 percent realm like i said i'm very much cooling on being a fan of Trevor Larnock because he still cannot hit a, a pitches that move, and they the Minnesota Twins have sent down Edward Julian after he hit a couple of home runs in his uh, audition because Jorge Polanco is back from his injury. I'm stashing Julian because if he gets an opportunity, I expect him to produce.
1: All right, sick. Let's go to the AL West and wrap this bad boy up. Uh, starting with Houston, you have Mauricio Dubon written down here.
2: Yeah, uh, he plays all the time. He's he he's playing all the time, competently, and uh, he's in a good lineup. That that that's the tweet. That's that's the whole tweet.
1: And then you've also got Chaz. He's fine. You've also got Chaz McCormick written here.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm bummed out about Chaz at the moment. He went from having a vision issue to a back issue, and now he's on the IL. I'm hoping he comes back at full strength because he seemed to be putting it all together and I have him on my bench and IL in a couple of leagues hoping that he can continue the, uh, the strong campaign he seemed to be starting.
1: Love it. Yeah. I do really actually like your Mauricio Dubon call out. I know I said this, I think, what was this two weeks ago that I wanted to bring up Dubon during our, uh, around the league kind of roundup. Had to have been. Yeah. And I, like, I was, I was alone last for, week for, for a batting average. Bad. I mean, he's Dub- yes. Dubon's hitting 323 right now. So, uh, definitely a solid pickup in that regard. Um, all right, let's go to Los Angeles. Oh, sorry. Actually, someone else that I kind of want to mention from the, uh, the Astros, uh, Corey, Corey Jelks, who's someone that I brought up, I think, also mm. a few weeks ago, has been hitting the ball pretty well, hitting 277 so far. He's got two homers, 13 runs plus RBIs. Uh, pretty much a regular dh for them right now which is really really encouraging uh so i do like him as well as someone in a deeper league that you can snag if you're looking for like just someone in a strong lineup who's gonna be playing regularly he went two for f- two for four today with a run scored um but yeah really like him as well um all right let's go to the los angeles angels then you have uh zach Neto written down here uh someone in the pitcher list Discord server put up one of the funniest stats I think I've ever seen which is that so far in his very very abrupt major league career Zach Neto has a 14% hit by pitch rate He's been hit four That's so He's been hit 4 times already He's been up for like 5 or 6 games It's absurd
2: He should be a Met. The Mets love getting hit by pitches. They led the league last year by a comfortable margin. Call up Uncle Steve. Have him trade.
1: He could be Zach Meadow. Oh, no. Hopefully he's he's uh, made of Meadow, because he's going to be getting hit by pitches a lot. Oh, God.
2: (laughs) Uh, Netto is is fine as a stash. This This is veering into Princess Bride territory. Um... He's fine as a stash, but I would not drop an established everyday player for Neto. I I I'm I'm fine holding on to him to see if uh he can bring some of that minor league production to the majors, but yeah, it's it's not looking great so far. He's he's flashed some tools. It's you know, the sprint speeds there, the hard hit uh, you know, at the max exit velos there to be a productive hitter. But yeah, haven't haven't really seen the the other stuff
1: that to let him get to those skills, those tools. Absolutely. All right, let's go to Oakland. Do you want to talk about Shea Langoliers?
2: Yeah, uh, I was more into Shea Langoliers before I actually looked at him, because uh, he's hit a few home runs, and you know we love catchers who can hit some home runs. But uh, after actually looking at his profile, I I think he might be more of like a more fine than good, like maybe like a Cal Raleigh sort who can hit like twenty five home runs, but the batting average will make you cry. I do think he's got better bats ball skills than Cal Raleigh long term, but this year uh, so far he has not been great at the plate. Looked good against the Mets, though. I think that's why I was particularly high on him before I actually looked at
1: the, the uh, numbers. I feel like many of your deep dives are spurned by seeing someone just clown on the Mets really, really hard, and that makes me laugh. This Darren so Ruff hard. guy,
2: this Darren Ruff guy is great. We should
1: talk about him.
0: <laughs>
1: I feel like, you know, I feel like I've heard of him. On some um, on some podcast, I see
2: I see. It's funny that like the the Mets are blue and orange, and the the Giants are black and orange. And I I see only red when I see Darren Ruff on the field. Wild,
1: terrible. I love it.
2: Uh, <sighs> How are, about Mason Miller? Ooh the 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 pit the pitching prospect du jour.
1: Yes, uh, I mean watching him pitch for that first start, he's incredibly electric i mean hitting 100 with regularity the cutter is thrown like like 95 and is getting dumped into the zone like a ton um if he's available in your league you need to grab him like this is this is like this is very much like the spencer strider type archetype or with like just the amount of strikes that he throws the stuff is really really nasty if he like he has not pitched that many innings in professional ball so there's like very clearly a ceiling on how much he's going to actually get to pitch this year that said if he gets like 120 ish innings he's very likely to be like a 150 strikeout guy or more like there there's you know there's so much there's so much upside there as far as like what you're going to be able to get out of him for this season so
2: you know how like hunter green throws a 102 but it's not an impressive 102 cuz it still gets hit pretty hard correct this is not that correct this this is the kind of 102 that it's like oh my god how does
1: anyone ever hit that this is also the type of 102 like you you see guys throw this hard and you expect them to not have the best command and he does like do a decent job of filling up the strike zone more specifically with the cutter than with the fastball itself but it all works really really well together and i think it's gonna be really exciting to see what he can do over the course of a full season so mason miller is like the dude for sure um all right let's go to seattle then uh i don't know why you put this down i think you put this down possibly to hurt me and that's fine i this is possibly this is possibly the most different a pitcher can be from mason miller it's like you want mason miller how about something completely different uh marco gonzalez Schwabinski's literal notes on this. I'm just gonna. I'm not even gonna let you read your own notes. I'm gonna read your notes for you. It says, "If you're into that sort of thing, which I'm not." And I was. And then me, the follow-up was like, "Do not do this for the love of God." But the point is, he he exists. He might get some quality starts. He struck out nine against. And he struck out nine, against, and and, struck and, out and, nine <laughs> against the Brewers. How? And he's back. How, dude? How sway? I don't get it. Um, all right, let's wrap this up with Texas, the Rangers. Um Honestly, this, is a, this is really This is a really anticlimactic wrap up,
2: but uh, let's wrap this up with nothing. Um everyone who's in Texas's lineup that is sub 20% does not play consistently enough for us to really care about. That that's it. It's similar to the Yankee situation.
1: Yeah, pretty much. That's that's that is the gist. Alright, so we are at oh, good God, we're at an hour and 18 minutes. Remember when, Remember just like every other episode when we start, and we're like, man, I don't know if we're going to get to an hour. <laughs> Dude, it's part of our process is doubting that we have an hour of content. We always have an hour. We, we could walk in here with zero notes, and we have an hour and 18 minutes of content. I firmly, I firmly believe that. Uh, but thank you all for joining us once again on another episode of In the Deep. We appreciate it. Uh, if you like the podcast be sure to find us on your platform of choice give us a review a thumbs up subscribe to the pod uh, you can also find us on social media on twitter specifically at in the dpl you can also follow us individually on twitter at schwebzy for schwebzy that's s-h-w-e-b-s-i and then myself at bunt singles and we'll be back next week with another episode schwebzy send them out bye friends